Brian McClanahan Show, episode 353. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Joe, glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page, subscribe to my YouTube page, all at Brian McClanahan. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook and audiobook, Forgotten Founders. It's a great gift. You can also support the show by going to McClanahanAcademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class. You can purchase one of my courses there. You get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. I've got another one coming up sometime in September, so you're going to want to be in for that. That's part three of my Southern Cultural Intellectual History series. You can uh, click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can get your book plate, so if you want my autograph on one of my books, just get that. I've got a new book out, Southern Scribbling, 60 Essays in Defense of the Southern Tradition. You're going to want that. You can also throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can click on that shop tab on my webpage. You can get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Lots of ways to support the show. Go to learntruehistory.com, T-R-U-E, Learn True History. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom, another great way to support the show. And as always, share the show around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. That's a great way to build the audience. We want people thinking locally and acting locally. Uh, It's a needed remedy to the just monstrous situation we're in in 2020. And so the more people that listen, the better. All right, well, let's talk about the topic of the day. And this actually gets into thinking locally and acting locally. And this is often the counter against what I say. Well, but people thinking locally, acting locally, I've got a bunch of tyrants in my city, and we want the federal government to step in and block some of this stuff. Well, uh, that can happen, right? I mean, you can have bad city governments. You can have bad state governments. Well, I mean, there's, there's no remedy for that in that the only thing I could say to that is that you are closer to the location of power. So get out and make your voice heard. Rally people around your position. Do what you can to influence that government. But what I'm going to talk about has to do with D.C. And if you saw it the other day, there's a commission in D.C. I mean, absolutely a joke. Uh, it's the DCFACES, DC Faces Commission, and the mayor uh, Bowser, Mayor Bowser. Now, look, you almost can't make up this stuff. Mayor Bowser from DC. Anybody that's been uh, had kids, or if you're old enough, you know, to play Mario games at one time in your life, you know Bowser. It's just funny to me. Mayor Bowser's out there. Looking for Mario. Uh, No, uh, but Mayor Bowser has suggested that uh, saying the mayor's position on the National Capital Memorial Advisory Commission recommends the federal government remove, relocate, or contextualize the following assets. So the D.C. mayor, who is only there because the general government allows her to exist as mayor. So this is the thing that people don't realize. This is what D.C. statehood, why it's an absolute and abject disaster, should it ever happen. If we get Joe Biden as president, I can almost guarantee you at this point, unless the Republicans retain control of the Senate, 
that we're going to see D.C. as a state. And this is what you're going to get. So what they would do is shrink D.C. down to basically uh, a, a few things. The Capitol, I think the executive mansion, the Supreme Court building. There's like a little area. That's it. The rest of it would have to come from uh, the city. Now, there is there are issues with this, and I could do a whole episode on this, but Virginia and Maryland would then have to agree to give up the land that it sits on, which I'm not certain they would do because they ceded the land to begin with. So the states would have to agree to create this new state out of that. Well, they could, there's a simple solution to this. Well, you just make these people citizens of Maryland or Virginia, and they can vote in those elections then. And therefore, there's no disfranchisement of these people in Washington, D.C. But the general government could, could just remove Mayor Bowser from power. They could just say, you no longer have a city government, and we're going to run the whole thing. Uh, it's, you know, the general government did it for years, right? So the fact is, uh, the fact that she exists is just a blessing from the general government. But anyways... So Mayor Bowser's feeling her oats. She's out there saying we need to um, go and contextualize, remove, or relocate. When you look at the list of what she wants to remove or relocate, these, these people are showing their hand. This is what they want. So what I would say about this, 2020, the election of 2020 is about American history. American history is... Uh, factoring prominently in this particular election. This is the first election I can honestly say that in my lifetime in particular, this has ever happened, that history is actually what's, what's up for grabs in the 2020 election. Now, it's not that Trump's very good on history, because he's not at times, but the Republican Party is very good on history. Gosh, they're atrocious at times, particularly if you listen to people like Victor Davis Hanson and some of the other morons on the neoconservative right. But the fact is, We've got history up for grabs in the 2020 election. Who knew that history would be so important in a major election in, in the United States? That what historians do, I mean, this is, the weapon, this is the weaponizing of history. We've made history into a weapon. It's become a political tool because, of course, people uh, somehow think that a statue hurts them. We live in a, in a society of snowflakes. But this is it. I mean, what these people really want to do, they're showing their hand here. They want to ensure that history essentially starts in 1975. I've said this. It's why in my, in my uh, McClanahan Academy course on Reconstruction, I brought that forward to 1975. Essentially, this is where the left wants history to start. Maybe even, again, after that. I've mentioned maybe in 2009 when Barack Obama was... Uh, canonized as uh, saint of the United States, that's when we need to uh, to have history start. But you look at the list of these people. Let's we'll go through it. Eight names on the list. And you look at the monuments that's involved. Christopher Columbus, the Columbus Fountain, which is federal. So we gotta, we've got to remove the Columbus Fountain or relocate it, put it somewhere else. I don't know where they're going to put it or contextualize it. Well, why do you need to contextualize Christopher Columbus? You're in the District of Columbia. Are you going to rename the entire city? Or are we going to take Washington out of the name? Washington, D.C.? Washington, District of Columbia? It doesn't make any sense. But you see, 
to these people on the left, this is the agenda of the left. They want to er erase American history. Everyone knows that Washington was a slave owner. I don't think you could, you could not find a person in America that does not know this. Everyone knows that Columbus and the Spaniards did some things that were less than savory when they arrived in the Americas. Everyone knows this. But yet, was Columbus an important part of Western civilization? And we wouldn't even be here. The United States wouldn't be here without Columbus. Not that he was integral in creating the United States, but just having people arrive in the Americas from Europe would not have happened without Christopher Columbus. So, I mean, if you hate that, and you think that's a, tra that's a tragedy, well, even Mayor Bowser wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that, right? Because the only people that would be here then would be American Indian tribes. That would be it. So we wouldn't even be having this discussion without Columbus. Okay, so all of that is because of Columbus. I mean, this guy is an important part of American history, and as such, having a statue to Columbus is not a bad thing. It doesn't even need to be contextualized, because, I, again, I would be hard-pressed for anyone to go to a school in the United States today and not have somebody mention that Columbus did some bad things. Everybody does that. Benjamin Franklin. Got to get rid of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> now, this one is really funny. Benjamin Franklin. Now, how would you contextualize Benjamin Franklin or remove it? Or why would you want to? Well, of course, Benjamin Franklin traded in slaves, and he might have been a slave owner himself, so you have to say that. Now, a lot of people don't know that about Benjamin Franklin, but of course, Benjamin Franklin was responsible for one of the earliest anti-slavery societies in the United States. I mean, Franklin was interested in abolishing slavery in the colonial period, right? I mean, he was highly critical of the institution even then, even though he dabbled in it when he was a younger man. He was a slave himself, essentially. He was a fugitive from justice at one point. He was indentured to his brother, basically. So, I mean, when he left his brother's shop and went on the lamb, he was a, a, a runaway slave. He could have been reacquired. So Franklin was familiar with the entire thing. But Franklin himself needs to come down. The, one of the most important intellectuals in American history needs to come down because, well, he's a traditional American hero. So he needs to go. Andrew Jackson, the Andrew Jackson statue, which again is federal. All these are federal statues. Got to get rid of Andrew Jackson, well, because he was a slave owner and an Indian hater. Well, I can, I can argue against the Indian hater part. Certainly, he waged war against Indian tribes in the early 19th century. He signed into law the bill that moved the Cherokee off their land. Uh, so you could say, well, he's an Indian hater in that way. But he also raised a boy as his own who was an Indian, an American Indian. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I, I just don't. I don't get it. Now, yes, he was a slave owner. Yes, he was a racist. I mean, we know these things. But, you know, you're, again, you're going to be hard-pressed to find people before about 1975 that, you, that don't hold those views. And so do we just say, well, we can't have any of these people because they said things that hurt my feelings now. Is Andrew Jackson oppressing anybody today? Or should we just recognize Andrew Jackson as an important part of American history? A man that helped win the War of 1812. A president of the United States. A complex man, yes, but 
there's no con you don't need to contextualize Andrew Jackson. Again, when you take your classes, I don't care where you are, people are going to tell you things they don't like about Andrew Jackson. It's going to happen. Heck, the History Channel does it all the time. Why do we need to do this to a statue? The statue's there. Andrew Jackson was a great American. He's a real American hero, as I mentioned in my book, Politically Incorrect Guide to Real American Heroes. On the other hand, he's also a president that helped screw up America, as I mentioned in my book, Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America. So I've got both sides of Andrew Jackson. But I would be the first to say he deserves a statue. He deserves a place in the American pantheon of great Americans. Next, of course, Thomas Jefferson and the Jefferson Memorial. Now, how are you going to remove or relocate the Jefferson Memorial? So you can't do that. So we just have to put plaques up all over the place in the Jefferson Memorial. This guy was a bad guy. Thomas Jefferson, still recognized by historians as one of the top five presidents in American history. He's one of the few that they get mostly right. Still recognizes this. But of course, you know, there's the Sally Hemings issue, which is never conclusively proven either way. It's still debatable as to whether those children are actually Jeffersons or not. I know some people would disagree with me. Oh, of course they are. I even have friends who would disagree with me and say they, of course they are. I disagree with that statement. I don't think it's conclusive about anything. Yes, there are people that are directly descended from Jefferson. Uh, there is a Jefferson male that fathered children with Sally Hemings. But there's a lot of questions about the Sally Hemings situation anyways. I mean, there's, there are definitely things about that entire story that don't add up. And of course, you can't say it's conclusively proven, but yet the left likes to say it. There's no conclusive evidence of any of it. None. Zero. And of course, he was a slave owner, so you'd have to put that there. Who doesn't know Jefferson was a slave owner? But if we're going to do this, are we going to contextualize Aristotle? Are we going to contextualize the Romans? Are we going to contextualize the Egyptians? Are we going to contextualize the Arabs? Are we going to contextualize African societies? Are we going to contextualize the American Indian tribes? Can we have a monument to anybody? Because you know what? Before the 19th century, most of the world was slaveholding. So are we going to contextualize all of these things and not have a monument to anything? Or not recognize anybody as being important because they held views from 200 years ago that are against what we think today? I mean, this is just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. But this is what the left wants to do. Because you see, if they reset history, then they determine what's important and what's not, who's good and who isn't. And let me tell you, it's not going to be anybody in traditional American society. That's the whole point. George Mason. George Mason has to go. Why? Well, because of he you know, was a slave owner, even though he was made some pretty critical statements about slavery and was the often called the father of the Bill of Rights. I mean, George Mason was an important member of the founding generation. Uh, but a man that because he owned slaves, you can't respect him or you have to contextualize him or get rid of his monument. I mean, this is just silly. Francis... Griffith Newlands. Now, most people don't know who he was. He was, of course, a senator from Nevada at one point. Um, and Newlands was a, a white supremacist. I mean, he was a man who wanted to repeal the 15th Amendment. He's a Democrat in the early 20th century. 
but he was important because of his activity in acquiring Western land. Now, of all the people on here, on this list, I think Newlands is one that uh, may not deserve a statue when these other people do, or this is a fountain, the Newlands Memorial Fountain. But certainly Newlands legislative accomplishments, if you're progressive in particular, are, I mean, these are things you should love. But of course, we know the Sierra Club has now dropped <laughs> has now dropped their founder, Muir, because he was a white supremacist. This is true. Uh, so, I mean, this is, I, I question whether this was going to happen about five years ago. Are we going to do this? Are we, gonna, are we just going to go after Confederate monuments? And I did say it's not going to stop here. I wasn't sure if they would go after their own heroes, but they are. They're going after their own people because this is a cancer. These people are locusts. They just consume and they tear down and they don't put anything up in its stead that's beautiful. Nothing. They want to consume. Albert Pike, which is the statue's already been pulled down. But Pike, of course, was uh, pro-Confederate, so he's got to go, even though, again, another individual that's important for the settlement of the West. But he's got to go because he's pro-Confederate. And last but not least, the, the coup de gras, George Washington. The Washington Monument <laughs> and the George Washington statue well, these things have got to be contextualized or they have to go. I mean, can you imagine the stupidity of all of this? There's no other way to describe this. But the scary thing about this, I would guarantee you that if you took a poll of people 25 and under, they would agree with all of this. They would agree with all of this. They would also agree with the stupidity from Andrew Cuomo when Cuomo uh, runs around saying that somebody flying a Confederate flag in New York now has to be investigated from the Department of Human Rights as a human rights violation. This is the stupidity of this kind of thing. And why I say history is on trial in 2020. The election is about American history. It's about the memory of the American past. The left has made it clear they want to destroy or at least change the memory of the American past. It cannot be good. It cannot be great. There can't be great people that lived 200 years ago. They can't exist because they held views that we don't hold today. They cannot be considered great men then. You can, I mean, having men in particular even great, I mean, that's, that's problematic for the left too. They can't do any of that. And of course, their sole aim is, the destru is destruction. It's, it's to destroy things. They're encouraging violence. They're encouraging property damage. They're incurring property destruction, encouraging these things. This is what they want to do. And they want to change the memory of the American past. This particular proposal from Mayor Bowser of Washington, D.C. is indicative of that. This is what they want to do. Now, Where do you go from here? I mean, you've got New York, the governor of New York saying, uh, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to investigate a firefighter putting a Confederate battle flag on the side of a fire department truck for a memorial service. Maybe that guy was a maybe he was a son from the sons of Confederate veterans from some firefighter that had cancer. Or he was he was in bad shape. Maybe that guy, you know, was something like that. Uh, 
is this now this is a human rights violation and you had people writing in under the tweet that he put out for this that they agreed with this this is a human rights violation that the confederate flag had no place no place in uh in new york here's what he said in his tweet I am directing the NYS Division of Human Rights to investigate this incident immediately. We will not tolerate symbols of racism and division. To see a Confederate flag displayed in our own backyard is appalling. I don't know if, uh, if uh, Governor Cuomo knows this, but uh, the, the city of New York thought about seceding and joining the Confederacy <laughs> in the 1860s. I mean, it seriously considered it. You had Confederates from New York. That was an American war. And yet, that's appalling. Appalling, he says. That's a human rights violation. A human rights violation. I, I'm, again, I, this is the point of all of this. This is why history is on trial in 2020. You're not going to change Andrew Cuomo's mind. You're not going to change the minds of the morons that, com- that commented under this. And Twitter is not America. Most Americans don't find the Confederate battle flag to be appalling or a human rights violation. Uh, they don't. Now, I think you're, that, that number is getting smaller and smaller, that would say. But as I've said before, now take the poll in the South and see what people say about it. This is why uh, it's important to have regionalism and not let people in New York decide what the rest of the United States is going to do. Or people in California. And I know there's Southerners that don't like the flag, too. Certainly. I mean, you're going to have that. You're going to have a difference of opinion about symbols and other things. That's going to happen. But most Southerners, the majority, still see it as a symbol of pride or heritage. This is what they they view it as. Nothing more. It's a benign thing to them. But you've got the governor of New York calling this a symbol of a a human rights violation. Ridiculous. So uh, when you think about 2020 and what you can do with Cuomo, I mean, look, you're not going to change Cuomo's mind. Even voting in that election, you know, I don't know what kind of impact you're going to have. D.C. is a lost cause. That's a real lost cause. So on the other hand, thinking locally and acting locally in your own town would be important in certain areas to, uh, to control these things. We know that in Louisiana, for example, uh, before the hurricane hit, there was a Confederate monument that was voted to stay up 10 to 5. The storm knocked it over, but 10 to 5, they were going to vote to leave it there. And I'm sure they're going to put it back. They're not going to keep it down. They're going to put it back. Hopefully, they'll put it back. You know, this is people thinking locally and acting locally and doing the right thing in their own area. But uh, the clear agenda of the left is to change the memory of the American past. That's what this has always been about. That's why I wanted to talk about this. Now, it, I, I believe that the mayor has backtracked on this and now the uh the mayor has said we're just going to focus on things that we control in dc instead of federally funded or federally owned property uh but it does say uh that uh these recommendations came from public input so i mean what does that suggest that the people of dc don't like these things either. Like I said, 25 and under, you're really looking at a major seismic shift that's about to take place in America as one generation of Americans fade away 
and you start to see this younger generation come in, I really think that some of these things are in trouble in the next 25 years, unless we can use education to push back and uh, get people to think logically instead of emotionally. All right. So that's it for this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. Instead of this being the last one of the week, normally Thursday would be it. Since I didn't do one on Monday, I'll do one tomorrow. So you got one more coming on Friday. I'll see you next time for The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.